0: Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast Making the Bible Come to Life Featuring the expository Story Preaching of Dr. John Katzian Joseph looked down. It was his brothers. It was his brothers. The ones that sold him into slavery and I, I'm sure it's my brothers. They don't recognize me at all. And I can imagine Joseph as the governor of the land is high up on a podium and his brothers are bowed down before him, just like one of his dreams. And he thinks to himself, well, there's Reuben, there's Simeon, there's Levi, there's Judah, there's Zebulun, there's Naphtali, there's Gad. He starts counting them out. There's 10 should be 11. Where, where Where's Benjamin? I, I wonder how he's doing. And and is my dad with him? No, it, it looks like it's just those 10. But he's probably thinking, can I trust them? I mean, these are the brothers who sold me into slavery. Can I honestly trust them? I don't know if I can because, you know, the way things went, they were evil brothers who quickly sold me into slavery. I I just don't know if I can trust him, but man, I'm dying to give him a hug. I'm dying to welcome them. I think Joseph's thinking inside. See, Joseph did what was right consistently, but I also think Joseph changed over these years. This is 20 plus years difference from when he began as a teenager to who he is now, and he is a changed man as well. But are his brothers... Or are they the same angry brothers that he had before? And where's Benjamin? And How is he doing? And, 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 and his father Jacob, is he still alive? So Joseph thinks, I've got to find this information. I, I've got to test them. And how am I going to test them? How? Then Joseph thinks of this great idea. He whispers to his interpreter, hey, I want you to tell them that they are spies. Now, I'm going to act angry, and I want you to convey that anger to them. So he says to them, hey, through an interpreter, because remember, they don't speak Egyptian, and the cool thing is they don't know that Joseph speaks Hebrew. But he says, hey, you ten brothers from the land of Canaan, you're spies. Each one of you is a spy, and I can imagine the brothers are bent over on the ground, and they look up, and they're like, What? We're not spies. We've just come here to get grain like everybody else. We're not spies. And he says, no, sir, we are not spies. Now, there seems to have been historically some raids from Canaan into Egypt and Egypt into Canaan. I also wonder if, remember, Abraham came all the way down and caused a, a past Egyptian king a lot of trouble. And I wonder if that caused all this mistrust of the Canaan people and and so, Joseph isn't totally out of bounds in saying that you guys are spies, and you've come to check out the land. And the brothers are like, no, we're not spies. We have not come to check out the land. Please, you have got to believe us. We are not spies. And Joseph basically says to him, prove it. Prove to me you're not spies. Who are you guys? And one of the brothers, we don't know who, stands up and says, we're We're 12 brothers. There's 10 of us here, but there's 12 of us. And I just want you to know, the youngest, he's number 12, and he's at home with his father, Jacob. But number 11, that other one, the brother pauses. Sadly, he's no more. And Joseph catches himself probably wants to cry he's like that's me they're talking about me that they think i'm dead and benjamin he's still alive and maybe he wants to leap out of his skin at that moment and just give them all hugs and he's like no i can't because again i don't know if these people are changed men i don't know if they're still gonna cause evil because judah and simeon and levi i mean these are bad men So Joseph says, I don't believe you. I don't believe you at all. Joseph snaps his fingers and says, all right, I want you to take all these brothers, these 10 men from Canaan, and I want you to put them in prison right now. And for the next three days, the brothers were in prison. And they had a lot of time to talk about what are we going to do? And in fact, I wonder if Joseph sort of hung out near him and began to listen. Because later on in Genesis chapter 42, Reuben, it says... Talking to his brothers again in Hebrew, and he doesn't think Joseph can hear him. And I wonder if Joseph is nearby. Reuben says to his brothers, Did I not tell you that this was gonna come back to haunt us? Our sin against our brother Joseph, this is a reckoning for his blood. And it says there in verse 23 that they did not know Joseph understood them. On the third day, Joseph comes back and says, Okay, I want all of you to go back except for one. And that one brother, he's going to stay here. Now, I'm going to send you guys back with grain so you can eat. But that one brother's got to stay. And I want you to bring that youngest brother back as proof that you are not lying. Reuben's like, this is a curse upon us. Joseph is thinking to himself, I think they've changed. I wonder if they've changed. They still remember me, and the brother said, "You know, we are guilty of his blood. We are guilty of all this bad things that happened to us. Maybe this is why this distress has come upon us." So finally, they had a discussion. They talked about it, and finally they said, "All right, one of us has got to stay. Who's going to stay?" All right, how do you decide who stays in prison? I wonder if they did paper, rock, scissors, or or they drew straws. Or I wonder if Simeon just burst forward and said, listen, I'll stay. I'll stay. Joseph grabbed him and they bound him before their very eyes and they threw him into prison. Probably the exact same type of prison Joseph just came from. And so Joseph then went to his servants and they filled their bag with grain. And then he took the money because the brothers gave money to buy this grain. But Joseph, he put their money into their grain sacks. The money they gave to buy it, he said to his servants, I want you to take that money. I want you to put it into their grain sacks so they don't know anything about it. So the next day they hugged Simeon, they said goodbye, and they took those grain sacks and put them on their donkeys, and they maybe put them on their carts, and they started to head out. And they're worried, what's going to happen to Simeon? And I think these brothers have changed. And and as they come to a spot where they where they where they stay, and, and maybe they water their donkeys, or or maybe they got all the way back home, and then they open their sack. And they poured out the grain and what? This is the silver I I gave to Pharaoh. This isn't just the grain. Oh, no. They looked at their grain and they looked at their silver. And it says that their hearts literally failed them. They're like, oh, no, what just happened? They're going to say we stole it. And it says, interesting there in chapter 42, verse 28, what is this that God has done to us for years? They've had the guilt of their lies about their brother. They've broken their father's heart year after year, and they can just see God giving them retribution again and again. And the brothers are like, what is this that God has done to us? what are we going to do? And they came and told Jacob. They said, we gave them the money, but but now I don't know how. Reuben, did you steal it back? No. Levi, did you steal it back? No. Judah, I bet it was you. No. And they said, dad, listen, we went there to get money. We went there to get grain, but the Pharaoh called us spies and spoke roughly with us. And we said, we're honest men. We're 12 brothers and He said, the only way you're going to get grain is if your brother, Simeon, stays here, and Dad, they want us to bring back Benjamin, and then we can get Simeon back. But Dad, we've got our money back. This isn't good, Dad, they're saying. This isn't good because now we're going to look like thieves. Now we are going to look like spies. And maybe they began to pace the floor and they're like, Dad, how are we going to get our brother Simeon back? What do we do? We've got to take Benjamin back. But if we go back with Benjamin and then we have this money, they're going to call us nothing but a bunch of thieves and then we'll get arrested. And Jacob said, no. No. You have bereaved me of my children, he says to those brothers. Joseph is no more, and now Simeon's no more? And now you're going to take Benjamin down there, and I'm going to lose him? No, this is not going to happen. Reuben steps forward, and again, I think this is a sign that Reuben's changed. Reuben steps forward and says, please, father, kill my two sons. if, If I don't bring him back to you, I promise I will bring him back to you. But Jacob, he still says, No. There's no way. I would rather, he says, die and go to Sheol than send Benjamin back and lose another son. Now, we don't know how long this time lasted between chapter 42 and 43, but it says, Now the famine was severe in the land. And they'd eaten all the grain that they brought up from Egypt. And I can imagine they open their last sack and they try to eat that last piece of grain. And they can't find anything. (sighs) All right. You got to go back. You got to go back to Egypt and buy us some food. But Judah steps up and says, Dad, that governor, he said, we can't go back unless we bring benjamin with us and we can't get simeon out of jail unless we bring benjamin with us and he asked us he said is your father still alive he asked us about you and and he asked us about our little brother it sure was odd that he knew all these things about our family judah says dad listen If you send Benjamin with us, I'm telling you, I'll be a pledge for his safety. I'll give my life for him. If he dies, if I do not bring him back to you, Judas says to his dad, Jacob, then you can blame me forever. I think he's literally saying you can kill me instead. I mean, this is a change, Judah. Remember, the Judah was the one who came up with the idea to send Joseph into slavery. But now we have a Judah who is willing to give his life for his little brother. Jacob's like, all right, we're starving. Again, did they did they slowly run out of grain for a year? Was it a couple months? We're not certain how long this took. But Jacob's like, all right, all right. They think we're thieves. They think we're spies. They've got Simeon. All right, but we're starving. We've got to eat. Okay, you can go back and you can take Benjamin, but let's also, let's send a gift. You know, let's give honey, a little gum, myrrh, pistachio nuts, and almonds. I mean, this doesn't sound too fancy today, but back then, that was expensive stuff. And then Jacob says, not only that, I want you to take the money, that we gave that came in our sacks, I want you to take that money. I don't want you to take it back, but we're also gonna double it. So whatever grain we buy, we have the money to buy it. So take the money back and then double that money. We can't look like thieves to these people. We can't carry it back with you in the mouths of your sacks, you know, and, and, and maybe it was an oversight. Maybe they didn't, maybe they meant to do that, but let's try to womb a little. I don't want to lose Benjamin. That says in Genesis forty-three, verse fourteen, may God Almighty grant you mercy that your brother Simeon be sent back, and Benjamin and Jacob gives him a big hug. Please come back to me. So the men took the present. Maybe put it in a little box, you know, with a little bow to look at fancy. They took the money that they gave, that they found in their sacks, and they took extra money. They didn't want to come across as thieves. And they went all the way back to Egypt. Can you imagine the fear that arose in them as they went back to Egypt? I don't know how long, maybe a year between when they showed up and when they come back. But when Joseph saw them, he's probably excited. They're back. (gasps) And there is Benjamin. There's Benjamin. And he's so excited. That was his favorite little brother. And he says to his stewards, all right, I want you to go and tell the brothers That they've got to come to my house, not to the normal place where they get grain. They've got to come to my house. So the steward goes off and tells the men, hey, the governor, he wants you to come to his house. And the governor and the brothers were probably starting to get afraid. And they're like, what? This made them particularly nervous. To be brought to the governor's house? They're thinking, we're going to get executed because he thinks we stole this money. This is a bad thing. Well, they bring him to Joseph's house. And the brothers show the steward, look, look, look. This is the money you gave us. But we brought extra money. We didn't mean to steal this. We don't even know how this ended up here. Please don't kill us. And the steward said, no, you are welcome to our house. Peace be upon you. Do not be afraid. It's okay. I received your money. Everything's fine. Then... They brought Simeon out to them and yes can you imagine they high-fived and hugged each other all oh, this is exciting and they're finally reunited and they come into Joseph's house and it's probably this lavish palace with a big entrance and they walk in and beautiful fountains and then they go into the main eating area and it says they wash their feet and they fed their donkeys and then they they all sat down and prepared for Joseph's coming at noon. But the cool thing was, they sat down to eat. But Joseph said to his servants, Hey, I want you to sit them in birth order. So the servants sat them from the oldest all the way down to the other end of the table to the youngest. And when they sat down, they looked at each other they're like wow because they thought they were just randomly sat down by this man and the steward and the governor but they just randomly sat him down in birth order this seems a little crazy you know and then joseph came he walks in and he looks (gasps) and it is it's little benny it's benjamin but he's got to control himself Because he doesn't know if he can still trust his brothers, you know? He goes up to one of the brothers and says, Is this your youngest brother? And he goes over to him. Is this Benjamin? Huh. As he looks in his eye says in the bible that he couldn't control himself any longer and he he has to leave the room and he goes back to his bedroom and weeps because this is his brother benjamin whom he missed so much 20 plus years of being apart it broke his heart Then he controls himself it says washes his face and then he says all right i want you to serve them their food and this is how they sat the brothers again in birth order at one table The Egyptians at another table and then Joseph sat by himself completely alone because he was the hierarchy. The Egyptians, they would not eat with the Canaanites. They wouldn't eat with these Hebrews because that was an abomination. So they totally had their own table, but the servants came and they served him. And then they came and they said, all right, here is the first course. Reuben, being the oldest, gave him some mashed potatoes, plop. Then he went to Simeon, plop. Then he went to Levi, plop. Then he went to Judah, plop. Then he went to Zebulun, plop. And then he went down the row, all ten brothers. And then he comes to Benjamin and that pot of mashed potatoes, he goes plop, plop plop, plop, plop. Whoa! Benjamin is like, this is awesome! My brother's got one scoop of mashed potatoes each. I got five scoops! This is amazing! And then he brings him a steak. And he brings another brother a steak and another brother a steak. And then they come to Benjamin and plop steak, 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 steak! Five sirloins, grapes and salads and Whatever the other brothers got one of, Benjamin got five. The brothers are like, this is insane. What is happening? And they began to be happy. Their brother Simeon was back. Everything is fine. And they're high-fiving each other. They're enjoying their meal together. And they're probably talking to each other in Hebrew, thinking this governor can't understand a thing they're saying. But Joseph is probably listening the whole time, laughing behind his laughing behind his hand, enjoying this moment. But he's got to give him one more test. So the next day, he says, all right, I want you to fill each one of these men's sacks, as much food as they can carry. But then I want you to put the money they gave for this food back in their sacks without them knowing. And then I want you to take my silver cup. This was a special cup. This was a super expensive cup. And he says, I want you to take this and I want you to hide it in the youngest sack. Benjamin, I want you to put it in his sack. The steward said, All right, I'll do that. And so the next day, the brothers got up and they started to ride home. And they're like, Man, that was an exciting dinner! We got all our food and we got everything we wanted. And so they started to go home and they're riding on their donkeys and, you know, maybe a camel or two. And then all of a sudden they hear behind them a rumbling of horses and chariots. And here comes the steward and the men who worked for this governor. They overtake him and they stop him and they say, Hey, what have you guys done? And the brothers look at each other and they're like, we haven't done anything. What are you saying? And he says, you stole our money again. But more importantly than that, one of our governor's prize silver cups is missing. The brothers are like, we didn't steal anything. We couldn't do anything. We really appreciated your hospitality. We didn't do anything. And so they dropped each man's sack. And yes, there was money. And there was money. But there was no silver cup, this, this very important, expensive cup. And they went through each brother's sack. And then finally, they came to Benny's. They took it. They opened it. He stuck his hand in the grain and he pulled it out. Here was the cup. And the brothers are like, "No, this isn't true." And it says they tore their clothes. They had immense grief and they cried and they wailed and they said, "This isn't right. No, we didn't steal this. This is a frame-up. This isn't right." They and then Judah. Judah says, "No." We didn't steal it. And they bring them all back to Joseph. And I can imagine they throw them in front of Joseph and they fall to the ground. Joseph picks up this cup and he says, what is this that you've done to me? Here I've showed you hospitality. They're thinking they're going to do bad things to my brother Benjamin. Maybe they'll kill us. And then Judah stands up and says, listen, how can we clear ourselves What can we do? Joseph says, The man in whose grain bag this cup was found shall be my servant. The rest of you, go back home. The brothers look at each other. It's Benjamin. But they promised dad they would bring him back. They promised dad they wouldn't leave him there. Are they changed men? Judah, Simeon, Levi, back in the day, they would have been like, okay, no big deal, yeah, good with me. We'll leave Benjamin. We were willing to sell Joseph. We'll sell Benjamin up the creek if we can get back with food. But you know what? These brothers are different. These brothers are not the same. And one in particular just changed dramatically. And that's Judah. Because it says in Genesis 44, verse 18, he says, listen, please let me speak to you. You can't keep my, my my younger brother. I have a father back home, an old man. And he loves his, he loves Benjamin. And Benjamin had an older brother and, and, and that brother died. And now my father, he loves Benjamin. Please, please, Judas says, instead of taking Benjamin, take me. Please, I'll stay. It says in verse 33, please, let me remain instead of the boy. Because I've got to send him back to his father. I'll stay in his place. I'll take the punishment. And I can imagine Judah falls to his knees. He thinks, I am ready to stay. I am ready to take whatever happens. The amazing thing is that Judah was willing to be here to take the punishment in place of his brother Benjamin. And the amazing thing is that out of the line of Judah comes somebody we call the Lion of Judah, who years later dies on a cross for your sin, And for my sin, he took my punishment in my place. What I deserved, he took it upon him. And here in the story of Genesis, here in the story of Joseph, we see a a prediction of what the line of Judah is going to do. We see a foreshadowing of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us. Judah. Judah willing to be and take the punishment in place of his brother from his family and heritage comes the lion of judah who takes away the sins of the world jesus christ well Genesis 45 says that Joseph couldn't control himself any longer. And it says that he just began to weep. And he says, make everyone go out from me. Everyone leave except for my brothers. And he brought his brothers up close. And he said, I am Joseph. Can you imagine? He was speaking to them in the Egyptian dialect the whole time. But finally, he speaks in the Hebrew language. He says, I am Joseph. And maybe he takes off some of the black mascara around his eyes. I am Joseph. And the brothers look at themselves and they're like, what? And Joseph asks, is my father still alive? The brothers are like, It says they're speechless. They're speechless because I think they're ultimately afraid that Joseph is going to give retribution and revenge. But Joseph says, come near to me, please. He says, I am your brother, Joseph, who you sold into Egypt. But don't be angry. Don't be afraid. You know, and then he says, what you guys meant for evil, God meant for good god sent me down here and and i've been able to make sure that we have enough food and if god hadn't sent me down here i wouldn't have enough food to give to our family god sent me here to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep you alive it says in verse 8 it wasn't you who sent me here but god but god So the brothers go back, they get Jacob, and they come back down and they have this beautiful moment of reuniting and they get their own little land there in Egypt. And ultimately, Joseph sums it up so well in verse 8. It was not you who sent me here. You sold me into slavery. What was meant for evil, God meant for good. It was not you who sent me here, but God. Think about it. He's forgiven Judah. And we can see God working behind the scenes throughout the story, making sure things happen. All on behalf of Joseph. All on behalf of the family of Jacob. All on behalf of all these tribes of Israel. And ultimately... He did all this so that one day the line of Judah could be born, Jesus Christ he could die on the cross for your sin and for mine is this not an awesome god that we serve and to think about it joseph he's willing to forgive his brothers 20 plus years separated from his family he went through prisons he went through slavery he went through some tough times but yet behind it all he could say god's in control he's taking care of everything don't worry brothers Don't worry, what you meant for evil, God turned to good. If you've never accepted the Lion of Judah as your Savior, don't you want to follow this God the rest of your life? Who gives us the story of Joseph? We don't have to worry about the future, he's got it. Even when things look bleak, he's got it. I can trust my God. I can trust my God. I can trust my God. Baldhead Bible Podcast is created by Dr. John Katzian. Music composed and performed by Elijah Katzian. Edited by Lincoln Katzian. If you would like to listen to more of Baldhead Bible podcast, please subscribe new episodes added every week.